All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dispatches from the Scandamaniac podcast. Um, okay, before I get into today's episode, I just wanted to kind of give my usual storm warning, which is that uh, I have no idea what I'm talking about, and no one should take anything I say seriously, or be offended, or just, don't, probably you shouldn't even listen to this, really. And then that goes into kind of why I'm doing this. The reason I'm doing this podcast, and I've, I've kind of talked about this before, is that uh, for a large time of my life, I don't, like, I didn't really feel comfortable spending time one-on-one with people. Like, I always just went to parties, and I always drank beer, and, like, that I, like, could interact on a kind of a superficial level. But even if, like, one of my friends was like, hey, do you want to come over and just, like, hang out one-on-one? I'm like, oh, it's so much more emotional labor, and it's so much more work. And then I kind of started doing a few other podcasts and some interviews for other things. And I found that like, oh, if I put this hat on of like, we have to talk and make this somewhat reco- like entertaining, it's actually quite easy. And I actually like get a lot of meaningful conversation out of it. So this and is just a therapy for you. This is not actually about the podcast. So it's not about entertaining the people listening. Growing. It's not about my guests. It's <laughs> like <laughs> I, the other, the way I used to do this and I still do is just journaling. I just spend hours writing in my journal. So now this is just kind of like, auditory diarrhea about my life me nice, trying yeah. to figure out the thoughts in my brain via a podcast which i put on the internet and nobody listens to I, mean, yeah, I, say, I, I think i've seen at least 20 views on your previous podcast, <laughs> yeah actually, so like, and like a lot of people souls. send me messages and like touched. are like oh i really liked it and then i have great conversations one-on-one that follow that um so the guy who's been talking is uh jake olson jake oh. olson welcome to the dispatches from the scandamaniac oh is this one i yeah, you last the two minutes silence up. Yeah, like you you already interrupted my my <laughs> monologue. I was doing the intro. See now there's like too much pressure. Um, first off, what do you think about the boat? You're actually the well, first mate. I mean, I this am, is yeah, the first mate of HMS Scandinavia. Like I actually don't really like that title too much because I feel like there's a lot of power in it, and like I, I'm very humble. First, <laughs> I don't feel like first mate has a lot of power. It's kind of like a little bitch term. It's like it's, you're the okay. captain tells you what to okay, do. Okay, now that you put it in that light, I'm yeah. Definitely, definitely not the first anymore. I don't want that title anymore. Okay, admiral. Um, but yeah, sure, admiral. Um, do I get my hat? Do you have two hats? There? Yeah, there's two hats right there. Actually, yeah. well, one second. I'm gonna put on my hat. Before. Okay, Jake's going to put on captain's hat. He clearly doesn't know how to report a podcast because now I just have to no, fill this is, yeah, this the is mic. The, this but you is can't the fluidity just leave. Of the minds. You're not supposed to just I'm leave gonna... the mic. Oh, okay. Well, some, good, no, no, because the listeners are like, "Oh, come back, please, <laughs> please come and talk." So <laughs> now, now I'm wearing my hat. Okay, you... Admiral SS. It's got a maniac. Captain One, and um, uh, yeah, my name is Jake. I've been here for 15 years. Yellow knife. Yellow knife. Yellow knife. Don't people know where this is coming from? I guess I guess they really don't. So I've been here for 15 years. Got to move. Born in Calgary. Uh, came up here because my because of obviously job opportunities. Like 99 percent of all people. What do you mean that was 15 years ago? You were like nine. Yeah. You came well, up here f- for a job opportunity? Fa- <laughs> Slanging so, newspapers? So my father came up here 15 years ago for a job opportunity, and um, he's kind of worked up here ever since, and that's kind of like what started my amazing journey up here in Yellowknife. And since then, I've worked for the city for the past five years, started up my own business for slinging gold around town and yeah, selling, you're the, you're the cash for gold guy i'm the cat i'm not i'm not the cash for gold guy you i bring i try cat. to bring it to like you're... a respectable level of like you can exchange this gold for hard-earned cash that you deserve and you can unlock the buying power that's sitting in your drawers and so sitting in your drawers. Dude, boxes. we're not sponsored by anyone. This isn't a t- is, is this, time. Is this not what I'm here? <laughs> no. Oh, I thought no. this was talking about like my business. So and as I do that and I sell uh, gold and minerals products across Alberta, Yukon, and MIT, and soon to be BC this year. Yeah, you're selling gold-infused maple syrup. Is that not your next plan? That is my next plan. For that the is... for the rich Asians to put on their pancakes? The is cra- that the... the... crazy, crazy rich Asians. Well, oh, yeah. That well, it's not on that movie market. Like, it's, that's the thing. It's like the Asian market is almost too small. Like, you know? like there's it's too too small. That's, that's what like I'm saying. Too... You gotta dream big. You gotta go... There's a billion of them. That's what I'm saying. So, okay, so you have this Asian market. But you also have, like, the Saudi Arabians, which are, like, absolutely just love, like, bathing in gold day in and day out because they've ripped oil from the ground and manipulated their population so they could be ultra rich but those uh there might be an opportunity in the future to basically sell this maple syrup that is infused with gold to, to the to the saudi arabians um can you eat gold is that yeah fine? What it, you can so you like poop it out well i mean that's, it out? that's well you, <laughs> this is this is kind of the thing though is that everybody i'm going to give you guys like a little look behind the green curtain in the wizard of oz right now is that like 
whenever you're because a gold you're the wizard people, I, am, I am the wizard harry um gold has been used and has been eaten for thousands thousands of years and the reason why it's been eaten like and the reason why gold is like valued valued in the first place is the fact that like gold never changes like it's something it's something that is constant it's something that'll never tarnish it'll never um yeah, disintegrate it's over very time non-reactive it's, it's super non non-reactive and it, and it goes the same like when you eat it right like when you eat it like it doesn't react with your body whatsoever you just you literally poop off the gold that you actually eat but there's people that try to like kind of sell you this gold to say like oh there's like these anti-oxidizing properties that you can like leach the purity of the gold into your body and make you live forever They're and trying then, to sell you fool's gold oh the fool the fooliest the snake fooliest. oil gold salesman oil. i haven't heard of that oh snake oil and gold that'd be pretty that'd be perfect fit into my mo but there's um but i mean that's the reason why people have been eating it for thousands of years it's like there's because like they've they see this metal that doesn't change that has these special properties to it and they want to for whatever reason ingest it and like the the pharaohs and like all the kings of europe would always eat gold because they felt it would purify their body and basically take out the demons that are in them or it would like add life to their body because they're eating something that never changes but like in in a real fact it it it, the, it doesn't change so you don't actually ingest it into your body wow it just but, seems like such an obnoxious rich asshole it, to it do totally to is. eat gold it is i mean and that's and, and and that's the reason why like i'm releasing this maple gold syrup product because i'm not releasing it for any health benefits or saying it's going to extend your life for thousands of years if you fucking eat it but it's it's more for the fact of this ultra ultra luxurious um um, thing that you can eat in your life at an affordable price because I think everybody whether we like it or not if you like to try to like be dematerialistic or don't want luxury in your lives people want the best of the best for yeah, Donald Trump shits in a gold toilet does he? yeah his toilet is made of gold fuck good good for his him his whole house is just well, gold can... everywhere I mean probably the gold well, plated or whatever that's yeah. not that's pretty cheap to do right? it, it actually it actually it's is it's like nothing you can just yeah. okay interesting it, it's, just, it's actually like a really interesting electoral plating process do you want to turn this into like a scientific yeah, sure, scientific man. like podcast is that so like uh, electroplating is basically what you're doing is a chemical process of you have a you, you can use almost any kind of metal that's conductive <clears throat> and what you do is that the through science that you take gold and you basically um dissolve it into a solution and what happens is that when you provide when you attach current to the piece of metal that you actually want to plate in gold the you take the oh fuck I'm trying to make myself sound like science yeah and I, I, I don't have a clue what I'm talking Bill about Bill Nye but, over here actually Bill Nye is a real scientist he's, is he though I thought he wasn't I thought he's he like, just like a spokeshead you're like Polly Shore or something okay I'll take yeah the science of hair gel and Jersey Shore is Polly Shore from Jersey Shore no Polly Shore <laughs> was Polly Shore? like a really annoying actor he was uh oh yeah he's like oh he's like the little whiny whiny voice yeah, a- yeah. A- anyways, I don't even yeah. know why I made that reference. I, I thought know. he was a scientist in a movie once. I don't know why I attached He was in the Goofy movie. Sure. He liked to eat Cheese Whiz. Mm. But he always... Oh, that, that was actually... Those were some good childhood memories watching the Goofy movie. Okay, anyways, so... Back to the topic. <laughs> I don't even know what the topic is on Okay, so um, it's... gold... I don't know, like gold... Gold plating process. So basically, the essence of what it is is that if you have a piece that you want to... piece that you want to, like, lather gold on is that you... It has to be metal. has to be conductive. You attach electrodes to this metal, to this metal piece, and you basically take this solution where gold has been dissolved into, and you run a magic wand, which is basically just like a cotton ball with a swab on it. That's also hooked up to. Okay, we're gonna backtrack for two seconds. So, you, like, you essentially is that like you have a wand that has a positive energy to it, or a positive diode yeah. to it that has the solution of gold on it. Okay, and, and then you have your <clears throat> metal piece that has the negative. Um, diode attached to it yeah. so when you attach this positive wand to this negative um this piece is hooked up to the negative yeah, yeah. diode you apply the wand onto the piece and then the gold actually electrically transfers onto the piece so that's how you get gold onto it so basically binds with the metal that's on the and surface. so the gold is already like just super thin yeah well it's, right. it's completely dissolved this uh, solution there's no oh it's liquid yeah it's like it's pure what, is it gold colored it's pure it's liquid actually, gold. It's, it's actually like clear. It's weird. It's like it's, it's a. It has like a tint of yellow to it, but it's not actually you. you yeah. So a lot of the other it, chemical probably yeah. dissipates and just yeah. leaving like such a thin amount of gold. Exactly, and, that, and that's the thing with like electroplating is that people like think they're there's actually a business in the UK that's making like millions and millions of dollars right now, and like what you do is you basically send in 
you send in your iPhones or you send in like your mom's favorite spoon that you used when you were a kid or whatever, and they'll charge you like $500 to electroplate this gold. But at the end of the day, there's maybe like 20 cents worth of gold on your piece and people pay hundreds of dollars for it. Probably about like four bucks worth of power though. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's where all the customers Okay, it's interesting that we started this podcast with gold, which is really the most well, material thing in the world, I would <laughs> say. I don't know if anything is more material. No. But part of the reason I wanted to have you on was to recap our day on Sunday. Uh, on Sunday, me and Jake attended a full-day meditation retreat, which was uh, held at a friend's house. And we went there, and we spent the day in silence. And then a variety of people kind of held different meditations and they walked you through their, you call it practice in your meditation because mm -hmm. you're always practicing. You never actually learn anything. <laughs> um, so they walked us through their different practices and in, and so everyone else was silenced, but the teacher could talk. And then we all kind of journaled and processed some thoughts. And the, the reason I think this was great as soon as I walked in the door, there was this lady Pearl. I don't know. She must've been 70 or whatever. And she walked in and she, <laughs> yeah. the coat I was wearing, she said, I bought that coat in 1973. And then she showed me that actually in the 90s in uh, Nuvik, she added a second layer. So it's actually like two coats with an outer shell. Oh, weird. And so like she More had this coat for 40 years. And here I am wearing it. I bought it at the thrift store. And just like an old, you know, yeah. beat up parka. But that was like one of those synchronicities that I walked in the door. I liked Pearl. She was, you know, she was, she was there. She was one of the old ladies. <laughs> That's what I liked about that too. There's just like there's such like a range of people that were actually there that were like really interested in it, and there's like like young, young to the old. Well, I mean, I guess like twenty four. I mean, our age, but there's just like yeah, huge, huge range of people. Seventy year olds. Yeah, it's a huge range of people that are like super interested, in it. and I loved about it because like obviously people are going in there with like so many different intentions for what you want to like take out of it, right? Like obviously with us, we're trying to like figure out our life and like these like these um trying to understand understand ourselves a lot better with these like personal at least with me like these like personal dilemmas that you're trying to work through and you're trying to get like a greater perspective on it but like i'm sure for these like older people are just like trying to like reflect on like the past like 80 years they've lived on this earth and like what the next step will be and like they're because obviously they're at an age where and i'm totally speculating and maybe yeah <laughs> maybe yeah. projecting but i feel like they're like going into these going into these environments to kind of like understand this like amazing 80 years on this earth and what it's been and maybe what the next contemplating death because obviously for them that's like something that's right around the corner it's something that's very very hard and scary to understand without tr without like trying to bring yourself into these places of I, don't know, I guess like positive energy or being allowing yourself to conjure up in your mind what a positive positive environment is by like silent thinking and positive intention and blah 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 yeah i have and no idea like i i, see, I think uh, sorry I, I just think it would have been like because i know like at, at the end of our at the end of the day after we spent eight hours like silently meditating like we all went around the circle and just did like a little sharing session of what we of kind of like what we thought of and one thing i think i really would have rather of like to know it's like why what was your intention for coming here in the first place right and like what were because like they're because obviously people are like practicing but i think at the end of the day people want to experience this very silent and hard hard thing to go through in your mind because they're there there's a reason for it nobody because like going going through the silent meditation was hard like there was it's, it's absolutely difficult like, to just sit still yeah. and do nothing and yeah. be alone in your thoughts and the voice in your inner head just gets louder and louder exactly. as the day goes on and it's, it's, it's like you like texting me it's like there's it's so much harder not to think than it is to think and to me like towards the end of the day i was just like i'm just gonna fucking think <laughs> like i'm i'm just gonna lie down i'm gonna fall asleep and i'm gonna think because i can't not i can't not think about not thinking anymore and but um, yeah i think you were thinking too hard about it though you kind yeah. of just like, <laughs> why can't i not think well, i think that's part of like but but i think that was like a, also like a positive thing i learned from that is like, i fucking think way too much i think about things or do like way too much reflection and i think that's well yeah and that's why it was interesting that you were talking about those old people because like when i meditate i always go back to my childhood and i always mm -hmm. go back to my teenage years and so much of it is based in those years and reflecting on my life and I'd, I'd like to <clears throat> hope when I'm 80 that I'm still not doing that because that just yeah. sounds exhausting. If I Like right now I got 28 years to look yeah. back on. If I got to look back on 80, that's a, that's a lot. That's fucking like I'm hoping I have some things figured out and I'm going to be like, yeah. oh yeah, I already, I meditated on the first 10 years. I can, those are done, but cataloged think, away. But I think that's the point of like, of how important it is to actually do this reflection work now instead of when you're fucking 80 because like they're, 
like like even for me those like those high school and childhood years are like and for everybody they're super formative to like what you become today and i think it's about allowing yourself like these these breaks every two decades or whatever to actually like contemplate and reflect it so you don't actually have to be there on your deathbed when you're like you're 89 years old and being like fuck i should have thought about this 40 years ago and actually trying to like gain some value from it so it's i think it's healthy i think like you're because I, I do the same thing too stop like, slapping your hand on the knee it's in the mic every is it, four is it, seconds is this not a knee slapper conversation <laughs> um yeah it's uh yeah I, I think it's i think it is healthy to reflect on positive healthy reflection on your past especially your childhood and stuff okay well what did i mean so my day at the meditation I don't think for the first four hours, I don't think I meditated at all as far as someone would consider meditation. Totally. I just have like 41 thoughts in my head and I, I just catalog them. Like, you know, the little archivist librarians yeah. in my head were just like, oh, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. and relax. some of them were as little as like, what do I have to do this week? Okay, that's sorted. I've thought about it. Like, oh, what's going on in my current relationships? Oh, okay, this is where I got to take steps. And it's like, so like four hours is just like me cataloging things. And I, to to be honest, I have, I think I have to do that or I have to, and then I can be like, okay, now I can actually just like totally. focus on my breath in and out. And then for like maybe yeah. five minutes, I can be like gone and like <laughs> get lost in a memory or somewhere. It's weird. Like I no, it's not, but it's not weird though because it's like you're. I mean, so like before the before this podcast, me and Ryland had a conversation, and I felt like I needed to have this conversation in order to actually be talkative in this podcast. Um, and I think it's uh, I think it's very healthy to understand about knowing the things you have to think about and get them out of your mind, and being able to clear it. And it's there's it's yeah maybe maybe it's because yeah yeah but we're both a similar way I think where we just have thoughts racing and we're a little obsessive about things and we reflect yeah. on things that are critical too much or whatever you get stuck in your head yeah. without making a lot of progress. Whereas I think other people can walk into a meditation and be like, bam, they're in their subconscious. They're like thinking childhood memories. They're like, like having, like I can have weird kind of dream. Like, like it almost feels like I'm on mushrooms or something. Like I can just like, that's amazing. Like slip into like, it's exactly like a dream world. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, and it makes sense because when you're dreaming, you're just like processing information in your subconscious. And if it's like, I don't know, maybe I'm just falling asleep in meditation and dreaming, which is fine too. But it's like, (laughs) it's so vivid and I'm kind of there that I'm in this half way. But in between world but no, that's but, so much work and training to get there yeah well that's what i was gonna say it's like that that's actually like a really good positive sign of like the progress you're coming in your in your meditative ways because like it's because i think like at the end of the day like meditation you're, you are trying to reach a point of um um oh, it's not it's not astral projection but it's like the, it's the point of like reaching this like conscious alertness in rem sleep and that's why like people if you do any like kind of like dream journaling or like understanding about like how like the dream better or remember your dreams, like people, there's always this I'm fucking slapping my knee again. I, I need some like padding on there. Um, it's I think it's about like reaching that point and like even just just in your dream state to actually remember your dreams and have oh, there you go lucid dreaming. So I think like lucid dreaming and meditation are very similar in the sense where you're conscious in your subconscious. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so I think you're you're on the right track. Yeah, I can see that. And uh, if you do like um, talk to hypnosis people, that's what mm-hmm. they kind of say is that you're bringing this conscious into the subconscious so that you can like have people explore memories and like you know, that's what I've never done hypnotherapy, so I don't actually know. But I've played with hypnosis in different settings, and it's like the goal is to like you can get people to be like, tell me about a memory you had when you were eight, and like they <laughs> tap into something and they have it so vividly. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like sometimes you have those dreams and you're like remembering something that happened. And you're like, how the hell am I remembering this so vividly? Because yeah. you could never do it like in your waking mind. Well, I think it just like goes to the... But it's weird too because it's like, how do you know if that memory is even real, right? Well, how, how do, it, how do it probably you know isn't. Like you're recreating 90% totally. of it. Totally. Yeah. But it's still there very vividly. Yeah. I mean, who cares? It's probably like point. the... But like it's, it's also something I like live towards. Like there's... I think there's like a seed of truth in everything that you say and think. And um, I think like, like you said, and it's like these childhood memories is, I think it's more that you're remembering the, the feeling or the intention of what you experienced in that moment, whether or not that the, the visual or like the people who were there or like the expat or the specifics in the, um, in this memory that you're bringing out is real or not. I think it's more important to actually like 
<clears throat> dive into the feeling and the essence of what that experience was. And that's kind of like what we learned. That's what they're trying to like, pro like definitely project onto us during this full day meditation retreat. It's that like, it's not about the thoughts that you're having. It's not about the specifics of the like things that are going through your minds, but it's like, well, understand the feelings that are behind those thoughts. Cause like at the end of the day, we're just like, humans are super emotional and we, and we totally react on emotions, whether we like, we like we're, and that's why like advertising is so like, so oh, what's the word for it? like their advertising is an amazing view of how like the human mind works because it's, it's both these people that are able to tap into our emotions and making us buy things yeah and, and it's a lot of information conveyed almost at this you know subliminal subconscious level and totally. but i i think it's more than feelings it's like sometimes you just like are thinking about a thing and not quite your normal verbal sense and it's like yeah i remember or, someone's or do you mean like the fact where it's like these feelings aren't able to be expressed in the, pra yeah, in the right they're just words. Not, we it's don't just really like have a... the tools and language. And yeah, it's like, you know, sure. sometimes it's done visually or through art or metaphor. I remember someone saying about like Dostoevsky, he like would take 800 words of story and metaphor to get a single thought out of his head. You know, like there's just some of these thoughts that, and like yeah, ideas crazy. that like, we don't, we're not able to tell you properly. And it's like, sometimes that's why <laughs> dreams like can have this greater significance. Cause totally. there's like, you know, no, I don't actually know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> <laughs> well, but but it's true. But it's, but it's like the like language is actually like as much as it's something that's allowed us to connect with each other, and we've been language is fundamental to how humans have progressed over thousands of years because we've been able to share our thoughts. But at the end of the day, I think because our minds are so complicated, you're right. Like we like the verbal language is still not enough to no, actually convey. A, a bunch gets lost yeah. in translation. Totally. In you formulating that thought, I think more gets lost in translation in you speaking it. And then again, when a person hears it, it's like by the time it's gone through those levels, it's like <laughs> what was stewing exactly. in the subconscious is like, well, it's just it's like the a, game of telephone, you know? That's exactly what I was going to say. It's the game of fucking emotional telephone that nobody understands at the end um, of the... Had you yeah. ever done like, so you, you struggled in the meditation retreat. I think that was visually <laughs> <laughs> on your face. Uh, had you uh, ever done meditation before? I, I don't know. I, I think it's like everyone where you like, you understand that meditation is this thing that can be like vitally good for you and understanding your thoughts. And it's something I've, something I've like tried in the past. And it's something I've been trying to like, it's just like on that like New Year's Eve like fucking uh, like intention board. We're like, I'm gonna meditate this year. And yeah, meditate more was actually on my <laughs> list of things. Yeah. Oh, you're doing it. You're actually one of a few people. I'm proud of you. But it's uh, yeah, something I always want to do, and I, I I don't think I meditated for at least like three or four years, and and then all of a sudden I've just been. Um, I think with me personally, I've been going through some uh, emotional like reflecting in my life, like through like just interpersonal relationships and like kind of like the path that I'm on with my business and what I want to do. And just like a lot of things have been going through my mind. And then you kind of like reached out and said like, Hey, do you want to go to this like full day meditation retreat? And the only thing in the back of my mind is like, I totally want to do it. Even though like, even though I haven't meditated in a long time. And I think being in that experience, like, like we we're saying before is, is hard. It was like really hard jumping from not, not learning the tools to quiet your mind and jumping into something where you have to like quiet your mind or like attempt to quiet your mind for the full day. And it's, and it's, uh, I think with me, like I really, really enjoyed the, the struggle of that. Cause I do, I, oh, do think, I, I like the pain. Totally, I get, I get yeah. a little, you know, a bit of a masochist. I like, like <laughs> and there's, there's, it's funny. They were talking about different techniques. Like there was a Japanese meditation style. The guy was talking about yeah. where like, if you get some yeah, pain, yeah, yeah. you dig into it and you feel it. And I'm kind of like, pain is your teacher. I don't mind like riding that suffering out a bit, a little, and you don't know, mind. my back seizing and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to like meditate into this and <laughs> see what it's like. But I think, and I think that's the most important thing is like pain, pain in a lot of ways is growth, right? Like putting your body through stress is, is, I don't know, what's it? No, well, it, this ties it, into, uh, so a couple of weeks ago, me and Jake did uh, our Wim Hof breathing exercises, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is, it's kind of in the meditation realm. It's like you, you take like really intense breaths and you just keep going and it's like focusing on your breathing can like it can make you hold your breath longer it can also just like invigorate you and then it was like minus 40 out and we plunged in the lake this is actually my most viral thing ever it's got like 20 th how many views is that so, so i think we're I, th <laughs> I think we're at like over twenty thousand views which is we are probably at the point of over the population of the town that we're actually in 
And like we, I've noticed people coming up to me randomly on the street, be like, "You're like you're you're the ice guy, yeah. or you're the guy that jumped in the lake." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's me." I'm not sure if I'm like super proud of it or not, but it's, but it's the yeah, super super viral. But it's like it's it's just the point of like, and when people like talk to you about it, they're like, "How could you do that?" Like you're like absolutely insane. Like do you know how dangerous that is? But I think it's with the proper understanding like we we took the right I, th I think we took the right precautions for like actually implementing this ice dive where people think we just like jumped in the lake and we're like oh fuck it we're just being crazy crazy young hooligans but i mean first of all we didn't put our heads under it. and actually no. like when it's minus 40 out and the water is zero or one <laughs> degrees it's 40 degrees warmer like the water feels so much warmer exactly. than the air temperature mm -hmm. um but, yeah, like, but, but no, back to yeah. what you were saying about like and riding that, like getting some pain out of that suffering is like the reason Wim Hof and these people talk about like cold water training is because your body goes into shock initially and you have this rapid breathing and like a bunch of endorphins get fused, a bunch of hormones. Like and then after you're kind of riding yeah. a high and like if but you can do that, like, yeah. you know, that easily. But it's, I think it's also like your your body actually wakes up and like we're oh, yeah, like I we, we as feel jacked at totally <laughs> take on the world. Um, like we as humans, like for the past like like thirty forty years, we we don't live in an environment where we actually put our bodies through stress day to day. Like we we we're in like the most comfortable time that humanity has ever lived in. I mean, from like a North American white yeah no we're, we're all walking around but, and you know especially in north yeah you're right i'm yeah. walking around with a caveman brain and i don't know the last time a goddamn <laughs> dinosaur was chasing me like you know <laughs> and then that's the thing so like, those those like that wiring in your brain is still there like it's still active it's like we don't ever utilize it and like we're never and and like going through these like periods of stress and understanding what stress is and how to handle it is actually incredibly healthy for your body and for your mind like i was listening to this um Joe Rogan podcast and <clears throat> he basically had a uh, he ha uh, what was it called he, he had a scientist on his podcast so basically his entire um, realm of scientific endeavor is about understanding how you can prolong human longevity basically basically trying to find the fountain of youth yeah yeah for, for he has a bunch humans. of those fucking guys on they're yeah. just insane and injecting it's... like young baby <laughs> blood into themselves <laughs> yeah. and whatever well, and apparently there's actually like there's truth to that because like these young cells are able to like correlate oh, with am... your cells in your body and you can i'm no scientist but i think you know you put some young exactly. baby blood in me i'll feel younger exactly <laughs> we seem to find like a back alley baby blood sweatshop that we can yeah i don't, I don't know about it ethically but it, i'm sure it'll work and and like and that's the part like what he was saying is like they're like what they're trying to find now is that like as opposed to like previous research and previous understanding of like how you obtain like a longer life it's like it's, it's not actually about like relaxing and taking it easy and like providing yourself with these anti antioxidants and eating well it's like the most important thing that you can do to actually like enhance your life is to put your body through more stress because like you're you're basically like instead of having this dormant state that we currently live in where we're never stressed out or like we're mentally stressed out but we never put our physical body through stress like we're it's important to have your yeah, your body like wake up during these certain moments with like cold cold stress or like working out really really hard because they're really yeah like you said, i think you really need that qualifier on the type of stress because actually what we're doing these days is putting our bodies through too much like day-to-day -day stress of like oh i'm always stressed out i'm thinking about this and you're just like producing way too much cortisol and not like the kind of stress um which yeah comes from like a, a workout rush where you produce mm -hmm. a bunch of you know what i don't know whatever scientists say and like know. cold water or like you know hunting and like feeling that like thrill and all so these I things get, i get the privilege of getting the worm in this tequila. <laughs> was there worm in that there, there's a worm in this tequila apparently like i feel kind of blessed that i get to yeah that's fine to enjoy them. okay the worms are good for you yeah, a little yeah. protein exactly there, this is stress it's putting my body through stress. <laughs> worm stress right now yeah no and i've I, like I really have been looking Ugh, into more and more ways and I think that breathing exercise is one jumping in the lake I'm a yep. huge I feel like I'm on the fucking Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> huge advocate of hunting I'm an advocate of like kind of challenging mm -hmm. yourself you know living in the yep. north and like getting scared every once in a while I think you should be scared of nature and it should try and kill you every mm -hmm. once in a while which is you know something the north likes to do remind you um, and so all of these things are tapping into that caveman brain and this also ties into the way I view a lot of my problems is that like Sometimes I'm just like racing in my head because it's like I got too much going on. Like I'm on my phone and I'm engaged and it's like little, little, little I got 45 plans. And it's like yep. sometimes I need a task that's like, Ugh, this is what I'm going to go do now. <laughs> like going to the gym is a great example yep. of that. But like even like tapping into our meditation retreat is for a meditation. 
it's a form of being able to concentrate your thoughts and your minds to one single purpose instead of being so spread out and disjointed. Yeah, exactly. And, and I and I've got and this it can like come many different ways. Yeah, exactly. I get this when I'm sailing. Like when yeah. I'm sailing and it's yeah. fast, it's like mm-hmm. I have to be there. That's like you know the wind's there. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, well, and it's like sailing's the only sport where you can scare the shit out of yourself going 15 kilometers an hour. Like it's <laughs> it's so uh. slow, but there's like there's so much at play, and it's mm-hmm. like. You know, I think people who snowboard a lot or surf a lot, like, can get in these moments where it's like your brain's almost oh. running trigonometry. Like, you're on the spot and it's just like, oh, what yeah. the hell's going on here? And you got to, like, yeah. figure all this out. You're like, at oh, one time. And it's like, those are those, they're meditative moments. Like, totally. you know, they're runners get it, runners high. There's like all of these kind yeah. of equivalents. Well, even, even with me, like, I've, <clears throat> over this past summer, I basically started flying my own airplane. And the, it's uh, like, I, I received that exact same feeling of just like pure, it's a, it's like the closest that you can feel to being like in the moment that you can. Because yeah, I mean, ten, I'm going to stop you. You don't fly an airplane. You fly a fucking I fly, It's fan. technically an airplane certified, a certified by Air Canada. Back and a goddamn parachute. So I am, it's like I the am, most I am sketchy thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, but that's that's that, I mean like maybe that's the point of what brings me in the moment because I'm fearing for my fucking life every second that I'm on this chair. Um, so like just some like background for everyone that's listening. Um, so I do I do a thing called paramotoring where you basically have a giant butt fan. It's like a it's, it's like a lawn chair with a fan on your back, and you it's the same thing as um, paragliding. Where paragliding you basically jump off cliffs and mountains with this basically this parachute above you but with paramotoring is that you're your own source of a cliff i guess where you can like take off your own you can, source of a you, cliff you are you are the cliff in your own you're cliff. always on the edge of a cliff <laughs> precipice in your life no you if you've seen the simpsons he's the fan man and also the <laughs> do you know who the fan man is the guy i don't actually know who the fan man is so the fan man was this guy who dropped into a mike tyson fight using a paramotor and he drops what? into the ring what? and then the f- people grabbed him they were so mad and beat the shit out of him <laughs> and there's a documentary about the fan man and he was like a PTSD after getting beat up after this publicity stunt no wait was this like written to the script of WE of no, no, of the wrestling is, match? Or no, no, like no, total... no, this is a Mike Tyson, like, professional boxing fight with millions of dollars. Like, you oh, know, oh I thought this is WWE, there, no, where everything's a show. Yeah, if it was WWE, okay. it'd be a show, but, like, it's this is in Vegas, and it's fight night, and there's millions Jesus and millions Christ. of dollars on the line, and I'm pretty sure, like, you know, people weren't happy. Or, I don't even know why. It's just, like, there's so much adrenaline at the fight. I'm back to sounding like Joe Rogan again. <laughs> this is what happens. I haven't had a guy on the podcast yet, so, like, I've no, just been, is... like bringing out my feminine energy and like tailoring my speech and it's like then i start talking about fighting when you're oh, like, oh, fighting. and going to the gym doing a workout wait how's this how's this your feminine what i'm confused no, so I, how, how, what's what's the connection between feminine feminine energy no and when i am interviewing thoughts? women my my t- style and what i'm talking about is especially is way uh, different okay. i'm realizing as yeah. i say this and maybe i'm just projecting i think you're maybe projecting i don't know what the word is i don't know we haven't uh, you're just like, you're making me feel tough you have that beard <laughs> and stuff That's, this is true i tend i tend to do that Exude. okay okay so back Exude to this toughness. you go you learn to fly a fucking fan with a motor yeah so and spent. what's that uh, like i what's that like being in the air um it's i don't know you can't you can't really explain it uh, like do you feel like, like you're closest... gonna die at any second that's oh, totally, I but i think i think that's like that's what's so exciting and exhilarating about it and i think it's with anything with extreme sports is that you're like if, if you do your checks right and if you know what you're doing it's actually pretty safe but there's always in the back of your mind you know that you're like one string away from fucking dying or you're one like weird wind gust for like you're you're like one at all moments, you you are like one thing from going wrong, from possibly ending your life, and I think that's what's so exhilarating about it. And that's what brings you to the moment where you're just like there's this ultra awareness of what's going on around you, but it also allows you to like really drink in what you're doing and like being like very aware of like how unique and special this is. When when you're like flying, like you're basically flying like thousands of thousands of feet in the air with nothing, with like a full 360 view with nothing around you, nothing but like basically a chair that you're sitting yeah, in. It's like a lawn chair. Yeah, it's, a that's honestly what You it know, is. like I can sit on a plane and feel comfortable and yeah. forget that I'm in the yeah. sky. I'm you have not this, like, doing that on a fan. But it's like, it's, all, it's just something that is totally, totally amazing. And like something I've always kind of like tried, because like I, I wish I could give like a really good understanding of... Of what the experience was or how it um it kind of reminds me of uh like 
you know, you can get behind a car or a truck and like just forget that you're driving on the road, yeah. but you can't do that on a motorcycle. Like you're just, that's right. it's like, I think you're that's, like, I think you're, that's you're a fair comparison to flying a plane to flying a fan, but there's probably yep. even further apart when you're flying a fan. It's like, <laughs> I am right there. There's the ground. There's no separation, no yeah. barrier. Totally. No, that's the, uh, but I think that's the point that like, I love the most about it is that there's like here. Cause they're good. And I think it's the reason why people get thrilled from like driving motorcycles is that there's, there's no barrier from your surroundings, right? There's no barrier from what you're experiencing around you where like, if you like, I can, I can drive in my truck like 180 kilometers an hour and not feel scared. Right. Just cause like you, you, there's this like, you know that if you crash, you'd die, obviously like there'd be no way you'd actually live it. But there's also this sense of comfort knowing that there's this shell. It's like the womb that's around you. That's going to keep you safe. But in reality, reality it's not. And in essence with, um, with motorcycles or flying or doing the kind of flying that I do is like, there's like, there is no, no barrier for safety other than like the technical skills, that technical skills that you've learned um, through schooling or, <clears throat> or through research. Right. And like, you're basically totally like relying on your own self-confidence. Yeah. Was, I mean, from... it's 3000 feet in the air. There's no one there to save you. Nope. If anything goes wrong, nope, you're just, kind of if I can watch you fall to the other ground. Exactly. That's, that's a, that everyone think about that. It's so scary, but they're yeah. It's it's something that is mind boggling. Is I, I think like in a way like humans for like we've we've always had the aspiration to fly right, and it's only in the past like, hundred years we've actually had the technological ability to actually achieve it. Like you've had stories of like in Greece with um, what's his name, the guy that flew too close to the sun. Oh yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't know I thought you. I, I don't know. I don't know anything, man. Um, yeah, like there's, there's a sort of the guy that fly, flew too close to the sky and there's, there's always been like this for humans that have been landlocked. There's always been this aspiration to actually be up there and do what the birds are doing. Cause it's like, like, that'd be amazing. That'd be like, yeah, this yeah, seems like absolutely. the most free thing. And even like, well, we even, all have dreams of flying. Exactly. I assume flying dreams have been consistent throughout like, probably an archetype or whatever. Totally. And it's like this, it's just like the idea of this, like total freedom that you can achieve. And, and what I've, I've had 50... I've had like 55 flights so far and it's every single time it is like it is it is, I, I can't express enough like how much of a privilege it is to actually to be experiencing that because like when you're when I did my training in um is in Drayton Valley in Alberta where you go to an actual flight school that's certified by the airport ca or um uh transport Canada nav Canada or nav Canada yeah so you you go down there you do your training and like 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 you're like you're flying like thousands of feet above the air and like in one way you're looking you can see the rocky mountains that are like hundreds of kilometers away and then the other way you can see this like this rolling in thunderstorm coming towards you and like but like at that same time you see like all these things around you and like right where you are right now it's so calm and so beautiful and it's the it's it's something that just defies what your mind can expect like your mind almost like when you're doing it can't even comprehend because it's, it's different from like when you're swimming where we've been like swimming for thousands of years and like we've like our bodies have actually like adapted for the purpose of swimming and like the reason why we actually get um like you get old man hands when you're in the bath too yeah, long yeah. it's like the only reason why that happens because your body has learned that you actually get more grip when you're in the water that long so you can actually yeah there's no reason for us to have any evolutionary adaption to sitting on a lawn chair <laughs> in the sky <laughs> exactly and that and, and that's the thing and that's 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 kind of like some of the things i think about is something that's so outside of what your mind can understand yeah I like, and, like it, it, and it's absolutely amazing it's, it's something... a neat framing of people who have an intense fear of flying it's yeah. actually it's just like because they have no Exactly. evolutionary thing to ever deal exactly. with that and they're the ones who yeah. are actually aware enough to be like i'm in the sky people <laughs> we shouldn't be in the sky the rest of us just block that out some, <laughs> for some reason um yeah no it's it's quite fun yeah it's actually super interesting you saying that because i i have this problem where i kind of undervalue human experience like i like people talking about ideas and i like people talking about opinions but i feel like most stories people tell me I can like be like, oh, I picture that. If they're like, you know, I rode a camel across the desert. I like, yeah. I know yeah, what a desert's yeah. like. I know what a camel's like. And it's like, and you know, this is a lot of, I, the older I've gotten, and I'm not that old, obviously, I'm 28, so I'm not speaking <laughs> like I'm wise. Age. But like, I don't want to go backpacking through places anymore because I kind of get like what it's like yeah. to drink a lot or like, yeah. and it's like, unless I have a real passion there, 
But this is a thing that I don't even... I You tell me that you're sitting on this chair in the sky and I can't actually picture it. Like, you know, the way someone tells me they drove the Indy 500, I get yeah. what that's like. Well, it's I because have there's, rel- there's, there's relevant... Exactly, there's relevant experiences. I have no comparison for sitting on a lawn chair in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if there is one. I, I mean, I guess people who fly aerolites and bush pilots yeah. and whatnot get it. Yeah, it's... I, yeah, I can't, uh, you should try it. Like, you should honestly, like, you, like, there's, there, there are so many opportunities in the world for, like, people to actually fly through, like, paragliding. And, like, that's how I, I started is I went to the, as was, um, <clears throat> releasing a product of mine for my business and I went to the Yukon. So I, um, like, going through the Yukon, I was, like, reaching out to retailers and I hiked the Chilkoot Trail for a week, um, by myself and it was, it, was an, it was an amazing trail, but, like, after that, I wanted to, like, there's a guy there that does paragliding, and basically all it took was one email to say, like, hey, I'm interested in this, and he's like, well, yeah, come along, and I and I went along with him, and and we, there was actually, like, when I went with him, there was no intention of actually flying for the day. It's like, the winds were the winds were too gusty, and, like, the everything just wasn't right, so I went out there, and I helped him, like, chop down, like, hundreds of trees for a proper um, takeoff area, where oh, yeah. you're basically like, clearing bush and clearing <clears throat> all these shrubs in the sky, um... He was, uh, like, he is just, like, totally unprepared. Like, he, he, um, he, like, for, for his, uh, lawnmower, he put regular truck engine oil into his lawnmower, so when you start this thing up, it's like, by lawnmower, you mean the fan that you're using Oh, no, sorry, fly. sorry, this is, yeah, so I should, so, like, basically, I'm talking about the, the time of when, um, I was helping my very, very good friend now, and I'd say he's definitely my mentor for, like, the experience of flight I'm in, where I went and helped him to clear out an area so he could actually take off from. Okay, so, so it's, no, it was an actual yeah. lawnmower. Yeah, okay. so it's, it's, it's an actual lawnmower, and, like, it's just, like, it's just like a whole day of just, like, this lawnmower has fucking F-150 truck oil in it, and it's just, like, barely spinning, and then, like, you're using the chainsaws, and chains are coming off. It's, like, a... It was a crazy... It was a crazy day. But, like, at the end of the day, actually, things actually turned out quite nice, and we went for... I went for my first flight that I ever had, and it's, like, one of those things... <laughs> After this day of this guy just being completely incompetent, <laughs> ma- maintaining... If he's listening, he wasn't incompetent. He's, oh. I think he just didn't have the right tools <laughs> for him at the job. He had the right tools to fly. Apparently. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. He's an amazing... He's been doing this for a long time, and he's an amazing um, pilot, and so at the end of the day, we went for a flight, and it's one of those things where it's, like... Like, it just, like, it, it, it unlocked something in my mind where it's, like, this is something special. Like, this is something I need to pursue, whether I like it or not. Like, this is, there's just, like, there's something there that you have to, like, explore. And so, from that, it took me, like, two and a half years to actually um, get to the point where I am now where I have my own flying machine that goes up into the air. And it's, uh, and it's, but, uh, like, all and it what t- that all costs? Takes, <clears throat> like, the, the... What's the flying machine cost? My flying machine. So... For me, I'd say it costs around like twenty thousand bucks. Let's do. I mean, which is, which is like a new car. This house I live in is thirty thousand. Yeah. You know, I exactly. could buy. Well, I, I mean, this you know, is I have more my, practical than I have, a flying machine. You're, you're right. It's more, but I have my my nineteen eighty five Volkswagen van parked yep. over there. This Doesn't run, but it's there. It's a gem. <laughs> and then I have my nineteen eighty two custom steel trawler <laughs> fishing boat that i live on yeah and there's actually three or four planes parked around us one of them is an aerolite and i was talking to the guy he paid yeah. 50 grand for his Woo. and i was like i might you know i could buy into that i could own a plane have land air and sea capabilities the mm-hmm. trifecta you know i'm the full <laughs> full military here on the plumber's float plane base exactly it's your own search and rescue round company <laughs> yeah and then you could come out too with your fan exactly yeah. oh. people always you know need search and rescue on calm weather exactly. days and especially when you don't want to pay the price of regular search and rescue <laughs> i know the discount search and <laughs> discount rescue, search and rescue. <laughs> it may not get you out alive but we'll get you out it's <laughs> <Yeah>, body <laughs> retrieval body <laughs> retrieval <laughs> services um, um yeah I, I think they just like where all that was going is like I don't even know. Like, there, I think the first thing is like with flying, you should like you should 100% reach out. Like, whenever you're traveling, there's so many places where you can go paragliding. Try it because it's absolutely amazing. You're not going to die. These people that are <clears throat> these people that are like kind of taking you literally under their wing have done like thousands and thousands of flights, and it's very rare for you to actually like experience any kind of trouble on um on these flights. So and it's and and on second base it's like it's something that if it's something you're afraid of, this means it's something that you should even do even more. Like it's something that you yeah, should yeah. actually like jump into and like release yourself to what this amazing experience can be because that's 
that's what I've learned is like some of the most amazing things are like just on the other side of facing your fears. Like the things that you can experience in your life, there anything that holds us back is usually due to like fear or regret or um or rejection. And it's like if you're able to like the like slowly in your life to learn how to conquer these things that control you, whether you like it or not, like it can it can open yourself to like amazing opportunities. And that's what I found with flying. And I think that's the thing that really <clears throat> triggered me with it is that it's something that even to this day I'm still terrified to do it's not like I'm like I'm excited for getting up in the air but like getting set up and getting ready to fly is still an absolutely terrifying yeah that seems experience. like a healthy fear and and that's the thing it's about like understanding that fear is so essential to how we live in this world and it's about being able to push yourself just that little bit further to cross that line <clears throat> and experience experience the unknown basically like let yourself go and experience the unknown and it's, it's that's where usually the most amazing things um no, I, I think that's probably why we get along so well, and I, like, fully agree with that. I don't know when I developed this. Probably about six years ago, like, I decided to, like, when things made me uncomfortable, or when I had fears, like, I was going to face them. Like, I had yeah. a fear of, like, heights. I started rock climbing. Now I can rock climb, like, I multi-pitches, you know? Like, in Thailand, I did, like, 400-foot cliffs, and it's just, like, I can do that now. Jesus. Good and, like, I had a fear <clears throat> of public speaking. Like, nothing like running trials and being a criminal defense lawyer <laughs> yeah, to, like, yeah. get rid of that one. And totally. it's, like, yeah. a lot of those... And I like, like I said, I had a fear of like one-on-one -on -one conversation. It's like that's why I'm doing this podcast. Yeah. And I'm just you do like it so good. A lot of those superficial so ones, I shouldn't call them superficial. They're very no. real for people. But no. like a fear of flying, I find f fairly easy to conquer. Like I, I used to hate calling people on the telephone. Uh, you know, like I'd rehearse the call and rehearse the call. And then I like got a lawyer job where I just all I did was call people, and I like would yeah. force myself, and I found it so efficient. And yeah. now I love it. And it's like totally. now yeah, I'm I mean, getting. It's, well, it's, it's, sorry, like I don't want to that, but like no, you too. always interrupt. <laughs> I love it. I love ruining people's train of thought. But it's um yeah, no same thing. Like I I'm like a very introverted person. I like do not like uh, it's weird cuz like I love having these kinds of conversations where they're like their mind expanding. They're about like understanding and blah 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 but like at the end of the day it's like i'm very introverted i don't like talking and i've recently started this job with emergency dispatching where like all i do is hear people crying on the phone all day fearing for their <laughs> fearing yeah, for their yeah. lives and it's and it's very uh, same thing it's like even though i'd like i don't want like you're sometimes you're like scared to pick up to hear what's on the other end but like at the end of the day it's like once you're actually in it and you do it it's like super exciting you're like oh like how can i help this person or or like what pieces what pieces of the puzzle that you you can put together kind of like get these people the right attention or right services to them but uh, but yeah, like well, i just i understand what you're saying we're like talking well and that actually almost ties back to like that shock responses because when someone calls you on the phone and like yeah. i mean emergency response like i'm you're dealing with the worst things that happen on earth really yeah. and like their adrenaline's running and it's like part of a human reaction is to like step up to them and like also panic but that's when you hear well, 911 dispatchers and it's like i've listened to a lot in criminal proceedings and court yeah. that they're like okay, please, what, tell me the address. Like, yeah. they are just, like, calculated, you know? And it's funny listening to those 911 calls and there's, like, some great ones on the internet of a person screaming and the 911 <laughs> person's like, please tell me the address. Like, you know, they're just, like, yeah. so calm, cool, and collected. Well, I'm yeah. I'm sure your mind after and during is just like, holy shit, well, this is so insane. Well, you don't, yeah. Well, like, it's also weird because, like, you you kind of, like, learn to push through. Because, like, you, you understand, especially in the first couple of months of doing the job, <clears throat> of what you're doing is totally not natural. Like, you're you're basically living everyone's worst, worst fear every fucking day that you're, like, in the job. Like, you're picking up telephones the, for people's worst days in their life. Yeah. And, like, and you're living in you every single day. don't call 911 day. on a good day. No. <laughs> well, well, like, some some people do. Some people, four, 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 some people call for Bruno's and some people call for the cab company. I'm like, oh, sorry, this is actually... <laughs> Please don't fucking call this again. Yeah, um, just as a side note, we don't have nine one one in the north. We have. Well, we we will in the next. Yeah, what do we? I don't actually even. I could not call the police right now. What do I call? I can't get into it. Or um, for so like so in the north, we actually have like a very weird system where you have to have two phone numbers to understand what you want, and it's, it sucks for the people in the north because when you're in a panic situation or when you're in crisis mode you don't like you, you don't have the capacity to understand which phone number you have to call so like in in yellow knife we have for a fire and ambulance so if you're having like a medical emergency or if your house is on fire you call 873-2222 and like write this down everybody because like, <laughs> 2222 two, two, two. Two, two is, is important then if you want to if you need any kind of like police like for any kind of like domestic uh, abuse any kind of like um anything that has to do with like criminality you call um 
it's actually any prefix. So it could be 873920. Um, but the the last four numbers are 1111. One, one. So yeah. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. I would have called 4444. Four, four, four. I got like information or <laughs> No, something. you get called you get the cab company. Cuz that's what cause oh people, my god. Cuz people call us all the time cuz like, "Oh, can I get the can I get a cab to the Gold Range at 2:30 in the morning?" Like, no, like, this oh, is 911, but we don't call yeah, it that. But then <laughs> they don't understand that it's still not the cab company. And they're like, "Okay, I yeah, just send someone the send somebody to the like the Gold Range." It's like, "Sir, you understand what we're going to be sending to the Gold Range if you ask for us." And oh, that's funny. That's yeah. such a northern problem. Yeah, but we're we are slowly transitioning into getting nine one one. But that's all like it's all totally in the air, and it's a big clusterfuck for nine one one implementation. But that's a, that's a good good thing. Good things going on. Um, what? What were, <laughs> what were we talking about? No, the the point yeah. I was making before. Well, I I like that tangent. That was super interesting. Is yeah. um. I like this idea of kind of just like conquering your fears and like meditation is one of those, like, you know, if you have a problem, face it. And like, I I think I'm just starting to do a lot of that, like facing my problems that are like internal, like, you know, to like who I am as a person. And it's meditation is a great one. And I love this idea of like, you were talking about hiking the Chilkoot trail for seven days by yourself. Like I think so many people are afraid to spend time by themselves. And it's like yeah. most people you tell are like, oh, I'm going on a trip by myself for seven days to hike. Or like, what, are you going to be alone with yourself that much? Like, that's that's a lot. Yeah. And like, what was that? Like, you're one of those people who just does that. You're like, oh, I want to go flying. Yeah, I'll get that done. Like, oh, I want to get this, you know, my class one driver's license. So I'll do that. Oh, I want to hike the Chilgook Trail. Yeah, I'll do that. And you just do it with this weird intensity that I've like, <laughs> I really admire. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> you also but, are really bad at accepting compliments. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's because like uh, it's hard to explain. There's like there, like I I I fucking know the things that I do seem very interesting to people, but like what people don't. What, now you're selling like you're full of yourself. No, but like, but I think they're like I think it's just kind of something I've understood about myself. But like the only reason why I do these things is because I feel like I'm fucking crazy all the time. <laughs> I feel like, the clock. Like I'm I. I like I went, I went through like a very long, and very disconnected um, psychological experience where I, I didn't have a clue which way was up or down. I totally lost track of reality, and I think through that experience, a very, is very much um, <clears throat> like, it's like it's like seven years of diving into myself. So like anything, I've I've basically like learned to like do things by myself without, um, without other people and like in a way and like in a way it can seem like admirable or or healthy but at the same time it's like it's in some ways it's not because i focus way too much on self-reliance or i focus way too much on just doing things by myself without actually reaching out to people and i don't i've i've been struggling to really understand how to properly connect with other people how to properly i don't know just like uh have experiences with other people because i've basically all i've been doing for the past like couple of years is like experiencing things by myself which has been amazing and i've been able to achieve a lot but at the same time like i've it's all because i feel like i'm a little bit crazy in my yeah mind. wow <laughs> start a podcast this is what Let's i'm do doing i'm trying to figure it out yeah um no and that, I, that is an interesting thing is that i think a lot of people who are like super driven to do these things have trouble asking for help you know totally. Yeah. And it's like asking for help is like it's actually one of the most enjoyable things you can experience as a person. And giving someone help who asks for it is like another like the reciprocation there is like yeah. people always view it as like asking for help as you like. I mean, I guess it's showing they, it's like a, it's an in um, you're showing weakness or whatever. What's the word I'm looking for? You're being vulnerable, which is difficult. Yeah, but true. it's like I think there's this misunderstanding by people who are afraid to ask for help that like the person who's helping you doesn't enjoy it. It's like, it's, you know, the best way to help you, whatever that saying is, the best yeah. way to help yourself is by helping others is a stupid cliche because it's true. Like, totally. you know, there's something to like a friend reaching out to you and you being like, yeah, I can, I can help you with this. Yeah. No, like it feel that it, it, it feels, yeah, it feels, it feels good to give. It feels good to give to, um, give to other people. And it's, I'm getting sidetracked because I really got to pee. So we should have like a, have like an info break. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Advertising go, break. Do we have go ahead and go pee. Um, I took awesome. the buckets of piss to my house sit to dump down the toilet. So just oh, okay. pee in the composting toilet. Oh, I was gonna say, is there like a fresh bucket to piss in? Or no, no. I, I'll, I'll, I'm, I gotta wash the buckets and I'll. If my house sitting person Jesse is listening to this, you don't hear that. I'm not <laughs> dumping buckets of pee down your toilet. 
Just pee in the composting toilet. It's fine. Like in that little funnel? That, like, no, no, no. In the toilet. There's oh, a, like a toilet there. Okay. It's composting. And it's right. usually reserved for just number two. But it can be uh, reserved for number one. I mean, I guess I'll just continue talking about myself while Jake's in the washroom. Because I don't really know how to stop the audio or edit things at all. Um, so I'm going to talk about my experience at the meditation retreat. I, I'm training to do a 10-day Vipassana course. Vipassana meditation courses are kind of, from what I understand, and I don't know a lot of people's practice, are like, they're along the lines of those getting some pain out of your suffering. I mean, they're 10 days long. It's spent in complete silence. Um, you focus a lot on, like, reconnecting mind to body. So, like, a lot of the intense people I've talked to who have done these are, like, oh, yeah, like, if you get an itch, like, sometimes just focus on and feel like that. And, I, I mean, admittedly, it's 10 days, so there's lots of, like, working up to it in the first few days. Like, you know, you, uh, you're you allowed to move and you're allowed to shift, but then there's these sessions where they ask you to try really hard to sit still and just be with your body. And as a person who, like, I can't sit still for, like, 30 seconds, I'm just always moving, my brain's always racing. This idea that... I think Jake's going out for a smoke now? Oh, my God. Worst podcast guest ever. Um, I think this is one of those things that is going to be just so difficult for me. Like, I don't even know... I can barely meditate now. Basically, I just catalog information. And this idea that I'm going to go sit in a place... It's in Merritt, BC, which is funny. Uh, Merritt, of all places. And just sit still for 10 days. And just constantly, like, be struggling. And complete silence. And what happens when you spend a day in silence, I've learned is that internal monologue, like that voice in your head, just gets louder and louder. And then before you're like, combined with boredom, and I'm another person who's like, I'm on my phone 24 hours a day, I'm kind of addicted to my phone. And I like, I like overstimulation. I lived in Bangkok for a while. And I like, I liked the being on the city streets and the fucking organized chaos and all these motorbikes. And like the sights and the smells and the sounds and so I don't know what 10 days of silence, just eat, you don't eat food past noon, just like eating rice and just being so bored is going to do. I have a feeling that I'm just going to like completely, whatever ego is left or whatever Rylan Johnson is left is just going to completely die at this meditation course. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, I guess I'll report back on this podcast after that. That's in April though. So we got, who knows what I'll be doing then and whether I'll still be even recording this podcast. <laughs> Uh, Jake's smoking, so I'm just gonna pause this, if I can do that, and finish up where he left off. I think he got a... He... he I could actually see he was getting a little emotional when he talked about... And I've, I've, I didn't really want to dig in. I always wonder, like, am I a journalist who I should ask questions? You know, he talked about, like, kind of having a psychotic break there and, like, years of his life, and it's like... I'm wondering to what extent you ask a person when they say that, especially knowing it's going on the internet, or I just let him tell his story i think if i was on like a proper interviewing thing you would immediately ask on that but then i also like he's my friend and i saw that he was like taking a hard time to kind of say that and so i just think i needed to maybe let him say what he was going to say and and i guess it's you know we don't the point of this podcast is trying to just reconnect with friends so i'm not going to like ask asshole questions if it as a journalist may do because to get the story or whatever I think maybe I'm just, like, going to let Jake have his smoke and come back and tell what he wants to say about his story. And uh, I'll pause this and then say welcome back with Jake when we're done. All right, so we're uh, back here. And uh, I it's funny because, Jake, I was talking about him. Well, uh, you guys are listening. I guess I was talking about you, Jake, while you were gone. And now oh, you're going to listen to this. And this is a mysterious five minutes. <laughs> and I'm, I'm curious to just hear what you think about what i said about you mm. i feel like i might have been an asshole but we'll see uh, no but all expected uh, uh before you went for a piss and a smoke uh we were talking about this like, issue of like and i think it's very common for people to like you know sometimes you get this radical self-independence and you're not willing to ask for help and maybe i i did this for years where a lot of my friendships were kind of on like a superficial level because <clears throat> part of like a relationship or a friendship is like inherently you know opening up parts of yourself that you're uncomfortable with and part of that is like it's a it's a vulnerability you know i think to me that's the difference between like 
an intimate relationship and like a friendship is an intimate relationships like oh shit here's every aspect of my life that you have to know about like it's really hard to keep secrets when you spend a lot of time with someone um but i think we're both kind of in that same point of our life where we're like we're starting to evaluate how that works to just be radically independent versus like oh maybe i should find some people in my life who i trust enough to like go go on this hiking trip together and like you know know there's going to be really vulnerable moments there and be like yeah it's fine though um, well i think it's i don't i don't know like I'm, I'm not sure if it's for for you but like for me i think i <clears throat> like when i when i find this when i find this moment or these um situations where there is this codependence where it is uh, i don't know it's, it's, hard, it's hard to explain because like i'm, I'm very I feel like in some ways, like, I'm very black and white, where, like, in in a lot of areas of my life where I'm very, very independent, very, like, have to do things by myself, have to achieve these goals by myself without anyone else's help. But, like, when, when I have these moments where there is this opportunity for codependence or co-learning, I think I lean into it, like, too much, where I lean, where I be... Yeah, but I mean, perhaps it's just finding a balance after years of, you know, not doing it. You're like, oh, wow, this feels good. Let's jump in 100 percent, you know? Yeah, Yeah, and I think I think that's kind of like, yeah, that's definitely like the stage where I'm at, where I'm trying to like understand where. (sighs) Well, I mean, everything in life is finding a balance, you know, there's like it's easy to like put it on two opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm either completely in and being independent and just worrying about myself or I'm like, okay, now I'm doing this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just find with myself when there is this codependence, like, as soon as I know the barrier has broken for, like, dependency, like, I, like, that, I, I almost, like, I almost, like, dive into it and leech off of it to a point where it's unhealthy, where, like, I need, where, like, I'm independent in all these areas of my life, where, but, like, I also, like, as soon as I find this, like, this dependence on something, like, I, I, like, I need it so badly where I feel like I can't, like, function in my independent life. It's very, it's very weird where, like, I enter, I enter sometimes into these, uh, relationships where, like, I, where, like, like, I find it and I feel like I can't be anything without it. Like, but it's it's very strange because I am very independent and I have all these, like, strengths about me, but, like, when I, when I feel like there's this break without having to be strong by myself or having to be, strong independently like i just throw everything else away because i feel like i need to like just like dive into it i just need someone like to care for me i need someone <laughs> i need i need this i need this caring aspect which is i'm starting to find it's like i don't know it's 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 it becomes unhealthy and it becomes um unconsciously i find it becomes something that like i i you i i might use in a relationship and where it will be I don't know. I guess I guess it will be unhealthy, and and I, I think it's like what you said, where I need there. There's right now it's about finding the balance between the two of understanding this like this independence, but like also being able to break like embrace this like co 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 working in between two humans. I guess yeah. Or, it, it it's interesting the way you're framing the problem to me that as a need, like as if you need this, and if you don't have it, like it's going to be a problem, as opposed to like when this happens, I just really like it and I enjoy it. So I lean into it. And it's like, I I think there's probably something to that of like, it becomes an issue when something becomes a necessity, you know, like you, you want to still have enough dependence that like, if you don't have it, you're going to be fine. You're going to be able to work it out. But as soon as it's like, there's nothing wrong with completely liking something and leaning into it. But I, I mean, I'm speaking of, I don't know, you know, I'm just (laughs) rambling here and thinking on the go, but like, when something becomes a necessity in any aspect of your life, it's like, then you have to really evaluate, like, what is the level of attachment? And am I comfortable that, like, if this goes away, like, I, well, I need it. <laughs> so what happens then? Yeah. And, and, and I think, that, well, I think that's, like, the part of the part of the space that I'm in right now, like, what I'm trying to figure out. Because it's, um, yeah, there's a part of me that's, like, I... Yep. Jake's gone deep, deep into his thoughts. <laughs> these are these thoughts that are hard to put into words. You know, they're feelings. And we exactly. don't exactly, it gets lost in translation, especially on a podcast telling yep. me who's basically an idiot. <laughs> well, I mean, like you're an educated, educated idiot. So you're, you know, yeah, I've I, I read a lot of books at one point <laughs> to get a degree or two, but mm. I don't know what that means. Don't seem to know much. Yeah, you know a lot. 
I heard about next subject. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, how about uh, Jake? You uh, you think about that. Think on the difference of like necessity. This is how I'm framing it. Necessity no. versus something you really like. You know what is the distinction there? And it's like no, but is, is there an issue with leaning into it if you know you don't need it? You but know? it's but that's it's the like thing would is... it change anything? Is the only thing that perhaps is changing is internal to you and your perspective. One hundred percent. And I mean that's and I think that's like what I wanted to say is like it's all about. It's all about like attacking, attacking this, um, uh, attacking these things with like the right, uh, I don't, like I don't, I don't want to say like right intention, but like with, with the enthusiasm of like you're definitely, where like you you still have this like independent side of you, but you can also embrace this different puzzle piece that you can. But you can like attach to the whole picture, right? Where it's like, yeah, if you, where if you like, if you don't, if you don't, um, if you don't lose it, you're still like whole to yourself. And I think that's that's the biggest thing that I think I definitely need to work on is like emotional independence. Like I'm, and I think I think that's the factor is that like I'm I, every almost in every other fa- or aspect of my life, I'm completely independent. But like with emotional independence, I'm very insecure about. And I'm very, very not secure about how I emotionally cope with things or how I emotionally like relate to people. Um, and I think right now it's about finding that like self reliance in my own emotions, where I can like be steadfast and strong with with attacking, attacking or not attacking. That's a strong word. Um, about just like experiencing um, experiencing a relationship or experiencing something where I don't feel like I feel completely lost without it on the on the emotional side. And that's that's something I've been trying to like <clears throat> understand with like du- the duality of like how I think I work is like this just like 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 on on the exterior i'm completely um for things outside of myself i guess i'm very independent but when it becomes like with emotions or or attachment i'm completely dependent on an like a, an outer source in order to like achieve anything that feels similar to what feeling whole is and i think it's about <clears throat> and like with this meditation it's about really diving into yourself about yeah understanding your own emotions and being Exactly, and if you have any insecurities or places that aren't whole, there's nothing like time in your own head to make yeah. them very apparent. Totally, no, it's it's definitely them. Yeah, definitely and the road. And I mean, I don't. I, there's nothing like intimate relations to really bring those out. Like you know, if there's a part, you can go. If you're alone, you can kind of spend your life and like, you know, ignore a lot of these things. But when you're with someone else, and then all of a sudden they're like, either be filling in a part of your life or like you they're noticing these things in yourself it's like then you have to notice them and they just like become so much more alive and apparent and yeah. i mean but that's one of the beautiful things about you know these intimate relationships is that like when you hand yourself whole wholly over to someone it's like oh wow like there's a lot of to learn and there's a lot of your problems really become apparent <laughs> and it's you know i yeah. i think the biggest things we've all been in relations where it's it's tough because you have so much to work on as an individual yourself or maybe your partner has so much to work on and know yourself and you don't know where you fit into that and you don't know where they fit into it and it's like should i be doing this independently or should i be doing it with them and it's like that's such a hard area to navigate you know especially because then there's also the issue of being in the relationship which is just so damn hard exactly it's it's an onion it's an onion of like, you, you know what you're kind of you're an onion you're an ogre you got lots of layers to unpack and i think on the surface you're kind <laughs> of just this you know tough guy with his super cool beard and who likes to fly around in planes and do all these cool projects but exactly as long as i can keep up that perspective on myself um all right shrek uh, <laughs> so you'll always be fine all right. <laughs> i'll be fine shrek thanks for coming on uh dispatches from the scandamaniac uh, i'm well, gonna bring you. us out here exactly thank you for having me Thank <laughs> you.